thank you for joining us on Love That VoiceOver, where we explore the people and projects behind the microphone. Hey, 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 gang, it's Ellie Ray here, and I want you to keep listening to Love That VoiceOver. Love That VoiceOver! Welcome, welcome, you fabulous, beautiful, fascinating, improv wonderful voiceover people. I am here with somebody that has a mysterious, mysterious name, and he wears sunglasses a lot. Welcome, Mr. Bill Holmes. Yay, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, applause, applause, applause. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing? So let me yeah. give a little background about you. Yeah. Bill is also known as the voiceover doctor. Bill's done a few interviews, and we're going to get into some areas where he hasn't talked about before. So for over 30 years, is it, Bill? Yeah. You've been working in film television, theater, comedy, and advertising. And you started producing and directing your career theatrically with a critically acclaimed sketch comedy show. Yay! Much Ado About Nothing. It's it's actually Mulch Ado About Nothing. I'm bad reading. Mulch. Right. The name of my company is Compost Productions. So so that's why... uh, In fact, that was the play... That gave us the name of the company because we wanted to use that title. So <laughs> That's fantastic. Mulch yeah. ado about nothing. And that is the birth, as he said, of Compost Productions. Yeah. Bill has been part of the voiceover world as an actor, director, producer, teacher. And he is proud of the incredible percentage of his demo clients and students that have gone on to have successful careers in the voiceover community. And so he's basically one of the top demo producers in the voiceover world and uh, an acting coach, a very high regard. I have seen this in many different blog sites around both points. And Bill is also in the feature film business. And you also do voiceover yourself. I do. Yes. Yes. And so he's been in voiceover, doing voiceover, around voiceover and entertainment in general, uh, for uh, quite a while, his whole life, basically. I just want to tell everybody your mission statement at Compost. Do you want to say it, or should I read it? Yes, at Compost Productions, we make your shit sound good. (laughs) (laughs) And where are you located? Uh, We're located in, uh, uh, I, I live in Burbank, California. My studio is in North Hollywood, California. Which is all in the Los Angeles area. For anybody All who's of, far, far yeah, away. Yeah, Hollywood. We're, we're in the valley, as they say. You know, we were, oh yeah, we're in the, in the valley, valley man. dude, man. That's so bitchin'. <laughs> Very cool. And everybody can find him on the web at voiceoverdoctor.com and you, you spell that all out. And uh, that's, that's where you're going to find all the voiceover information. Very cool. Voiceoverdoctor.com. So let's jump into that. Okay. How the heck did you become a voiceover doctor? Doctor. <laughs> well, the name itself uh, was was self-appointed. Um, uh-huh. uh, not a lot of people knew who Bill Holmes was because I'm not I'm not of the ilk of you know Maurice Lamarche or Rob Paulson or people of, of that caliber. Um, I'm more of just kind of a blue collar actor, uh, a, a working man's actor. Uh, I've done this for a long time. I've made a, a fine living at it, but not to a lot of accolades or anything. And I started teaching about probably about 20 years ago now wow. at, at a uh, at a casting place uh, called the Voice Cast. And 
I was a freelance director at The Voicecaster a long time ago, and a very nice woman, her name was Kat Lehman, used to have these voiceover classes. And I was actually directing Kat Lehman at the time. And Kat, you would recognize her as, she was the voice of the Electric Light Parade at Disneyland. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, boys and girls, moms and dads, you know, that kind of a thing. I totally know uh, that voice. Yeah, as, as well as a number of commercials and cartoons and things that she did back in her career. But Kat, uh, I was directing her, and she kind of said to me, uh, you know, you're, you're a very good director. Would you be interested in teaching? And I said, well, I've never really thought about teaching ever. And she said, oh, you can make lots of money. And I'm like, well, I'm your man. I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and so so i started teaching through cat layman uh, but oddly enough i taught her system that she you know gave me and created okay yeah, she created a book of stuff you know and i i learned from that as well but really where i came up with my own system was uh the perk at the time of working at the voice casters you could use their studios to teach private sessions out of if if you wanted to it didn't cost us anything and so at that time, I really didn't know if I knew how to teach. <laughs> you know, okay. so fair enough. I had a, a a friend from Chicago. I'm from the Chicago area. That's where I started my career. And um, his name was Tim Halligan, and he was one of the best actors I knew. He was just an amazing actor out of the Chicago area, and he had moved out here and was was working out here in television and whatnot. And I actually uh, I was guest directing at Voice Tracks West. Right. And I was a representative of the voice caster at the time. It was a beginner class, and I saw the name Tim Halligan on this class. And I'm thinking, well, this can't be the Tim Halligan the I know. Same. <laughs> yeah, this guy, you know, this is the guy I wanted to be, you know. And sure enough, it was. It was Tim Halligan. And I just said, Tim, what are you doing in a beginning voiceover class? He goes, and again, this is good advice to all the kids out there. He said, uh, well, you know, I, I've never done the voiceover thing before. I wanted to start from the ground up and learn it and figure this out. Because we were friends from Chicago, I said, well, look, don't, you know, don't pay for this. I'll, I'll teach you this. Why don't we just meet on Sunday nights and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll fart around and have a good time and see what this is. And also my partner, uh, Dave Burgess, the guy who uh, helped me. Your current me partner at Compost. At Compost Productions, yes. Uh, I met him back in a voiceover class. He was one of my students at the time. Wow. But he is he is also a technical genius. I mean, he's a great voiceover artist and improviser in his own right. But he used to uh, be the technical director for the ABC radio network at the time. And so I said to Dave, I said, look, I'll give you lifetime voiceover lessons if I can <laughs> ABC and make my own demo. This is kind of how I started getting into making demos, too. Cool. Because I, I needed a demo and I didn't like the demo producers out there at the time. And uh, Dave just looked at me and said, oh, well, you can just come over to my house. I'm like, your house? <laughs> what? I mean, this guy just has equipment. He has in his den, basically, he has a studio. It was like the first home studio that I had ever seen in my life. Sweet. So, so that was the start of our relationship as well. And so on Sunday nights, uh, for about a year, I was teaching free classes. I mean, I was just teaching for free. I would just have friends come in and... And because there was no pressure of people paying me money, I would kind of look at everybody and go, well, what do you want to do? You know, get in the booth. Let's let's play. Let's just goof off. Nice. And, but that's when I started my own kind of style. Right. And that style is one of figuring out what people's problems are 
Mm-hmm. And then I, I tell them kind of how to fix it. From that, and also from the stuff I learned from Cat Lehman, and my years of directing at The Voice Caster. I mean, I directed at The Voice Caster for about 12 years. Which before is huge. I started doing it on my own. You know, I noticed certain things that I was only saying certain to, to you know, to the guys like Maurice LaMarche or, or gals like Kath Susi and Jennifer Hale and Rob Paulson, Bob Bergen, people of that ilk. Um, I noticed that they, they were all coming in prepared already because these are the best people in the business. So I didn't have to say much. I, I love the job because like, whoa, when these guys came in, I could go, yeah, that's great. Let's, you know, let's go. Smooth. Right. <laughs> Um, But I did notice that there were just certain little points that I could make little tiny adjustments on with with people of that ilk. And and that's what I've kind of taken and put onto my lessons with newcomers. And that's why also people who are very experienced in the business have come to me to say, you know, I know what I'm doing, but geez, I'm just not booking and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And a lot of just me kind of you know, kind of saying, you're doing fine, try this, try this. And then they go, oh, yeah, okay, I still know how to do this. But, you know, you know how actors are. They get inside their heads, and it's like, oh, I'm insecure. Right. Look at me, Dad. I'm on the high dive. You know, <laughs> that's right. what I'll go through. And one right. of the things that about people who are really good or really growing, they can mm-hmm. still sometimes get stuck in a rut. Oh, yeah, yeah. As I mean, I do it. I do the same thing. But that's, you know, getting back to your question, though, that's kind of how I became the doctor. Right. Some young girl one time just mentioned to me, she goes, oh, my gosh, she's like going to my therapist. You're you're like a doctor, you know, and yeah. that's okay. Well, all right. I'll be the voiceover doctor. I'll put that hat on. So, again, I mean, it's another good lesson about, you know, you you got all these different teachers and they talk about branding and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Branding, finding your voice. Well, that's kind of what I did with myself, because as I said earlier in the interview, Nobody know, really knows who Bill Holmes is, even though I've been doing this a long time. Right. I kind of fly under the radar with my career these days. But a lot of people do. They have heard of the voiceover doctor because I wanted to get that out there that, hey, I'm the guy that you can come to and fix things. You know, and the other the other odd thing with me is when I'm teaching classes, when I am teaching classes, my goal for me with my students right. is to get them out of the class. Right. I don't. Like, if you're coming to me, I don't want you to keep coming to me for a year. I mean, at that point, I'm just kind of taking your money at that point. Because if you can't figure this out in about two or three months and figure out what your problems are and and move forward with that, then chances are I'm a lousy teacher. You probably should stop coming to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the guy who figured out your problem. There's always somebody out there that you're going to work better with. Right. Good point. Because a lot of times I'll have people in my class and they'll go, well, so-and-so told me this and so-and-so told me that. And I'll just look at them and go, well, yeah, that's fine, but try this. Just try this. Exactly. If if they're persistent, I'll look at them and go, well, how's that working for you? If you're not booked, stop quoting so-and-so and and just give this a try and let's see. Because, Because, again, I'm always looking for – the reason I really enjoy teaching is – I, I really enjoy meeting the people and working with the people and watching them progress because every, you know, the people who come to me, I've been there. I started, you know, when I was 18 years old. So, right, right. We're going to, we're going to hold on that bill. We're going to okay. take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey there. Thanks for listening to love that voiceover. Just a small, quick break to say thank you so much 
this is my passion project, which means, you know, I'm not making money on this. It's just my way to give back to the VO community, which has given me so much over the years. You know, many fabulous people have helped me, advised me, mentored me, held my hand (laughs) at different times. So this show is my way of passing it on, kind of a gift that keeps on giving since it's recorded and you can listen to it anytime. I also want to thank you for listening because I'm so excited and thrilled and honored because this show has gotten over 85,000 downloads. Over 85,000 downloads. Wow. Cool. I'm so glad you like it. If you don't mind taking a moment to get a little bit more involved and you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe to the show and rate the show with some stars or some comments. Follow Love That Voice Over on Blog Talk Radio if you're listening on Blog Talk. Go to lovethatvoiceover.com, lovethatvoiceover.com, and sign up on the list, and I'll send you notifications when I have new interviews, new guests. Also on Facebook, there's a Facebook page, Love That Voice Over, where you can leave me comments. And on Twitter, you can chat with me after you've listened to a show. Just send me a note at lovethatvo at love that vo and i'd love to hear from you one last thing it's voiceover improvisation you've probably heard about it you might have fears you might have joys you might have complete wild abandon that's fantastic well back in 2013 i created love that improv vo just like the stage in person improv stuff But I adapted it for audio only because nobody out there was doing it and I had to have it. So I made it myself. Check it out. LoveThatImprovVO.com or if that's too hard, just (laughs) VOImprov.com and check it out. And follow on Twitter at VOImprov. Thanks. And back to the show. And we're back with Bill Holmes, the fabulous voice doctor. We're finding out about how come he liked being the doc. <laughs> well, um, uh, as I was saying, I, uh, I started when I was a kid. I'm, I'm 55 years old now, and I've, I'm still learning how to do this. To me, the discovery process is, is the fun of this. What kind of the discovery are you talking about? Uh, d- the discovery process as an actor. Right. I mean, voiceover is not voiceover. Voiceover is acting. Yes, you're, thank you're you. You're just acting. You just happen to be doing it in front of a stick, okay? <laughs> there just happens to be a stick there. It's, it's basically blah, 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 blah. Let's get it done and let's go to lunch. I mean, <laughs> people who work with me realize that it's much more important of where we're going to lunch or do they serve margaritas. Uh, <laughs> with maybe. or without salt, tell me. Exactly. Well, with salt, I, I would think. So the discovery process for me, like, like go back to when I was like 20 to 25 years old, I had a, a very nice theater career in Chicago oh. and uh, I did a lot of theater. I did a lot of musical theater. And what was, what was fun for me was the rehearsal process. I loved rehearsing a play. And again, when I was in Chicago. In comparison to the actual show, more? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? The- Oh, yeah, because that's where we were figuring it out. That's oh. where 
Oh, that's really cool. That, to me, that's where we were really being artists. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, I can do this. Oh, geez, I can do that. That's going to be so cool. And then, yeah, the first month or two in a play, you kind of get to see how, how the reaction is with the audience. And that's all fun and, and well. But after about three or four months of a play, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm done with this. Let, let's I go. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And something else to discover, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, good good so, way of describing it, because I was thinking that live audience stuff sure is fun. Oh, it's it's a blast. It's really it's, awesome. But, <laughs> I miss theater. I haven't done it in a long time. But to me, the, the fun part of it is not knowing if it's going to work, you know? I have an extensive background in, in improvisational comedy as well. And what I love about improv, and I, I recommend everybody out there in your listening audience to get in an improv class, even before you get into a voiceover class, if you're thinking of doing this. Cause Fascinating. Improv, improv teaches you to make a decision immediately. Right. Okay, a choice. And again, in acting, you're going to just be making choices all, all the time. With whatever script is in front of you, you have to make a choice and then act on it. Right. Okay. Can I give you? Can I? Can I interrupt you for two seconds? Yep. Did you know that I do online improv workouts? Oh no, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, it's called Love That Love That Improv Vo, and yeah, uh, yeah and we uh, we would love to have you join the masters group if you'd like to as my guest at any time. We do it. We do it uh, weekly. And, uh, um, and it's growing, you know, I've been doing this since, uh, summer 2013. Right. And, right. um, and I like what you said because, you know, mostly I'm also starting to train people now to get the basics of improv so they can work out. Uh-huh. But, you know, I've turned people away that say, you know, I don't have any voiceover. I mean, they have some voiceover experience. I, I choose to work with people who have voiceover experience already. And I've never thought of the idea of somebody doing improv before they take a voiceover class. Well, my, my training, my background was mostly in improvisational training. I went to, in Chicago when I was about 19 years old, I went to the Goodman School of Drama, as I like to say. Drama. Uh, I was on the one-year plan. They basically said, please don't do this for a living. Get <laughs> to school. Okay. <laughs> so I was thrown out of acting school. I mean, how tough is that, right? Yeah, it sucks. Standing, but you suck, Bill. Get the hell out. Wow. And, but that... But it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it didn't mean that I was a bad actor. It just meant that I was a lousy student. <laughs> awesome. I, I, you know, I mean, luckily I met my wife there, so that's that's a cool thing. But um, but for the that's, most part, that was why you were there. Well, there's, it's a reason. Uh, it pushed me though more into you know when I was in an acting class. I was always improvising and I was always goofing off. And that's why they didn't, you know, it was just that method, that particular method of acting they were teaching was not suited to my style of acting. I understand. And I, I totally if, understand. If you're in an acting class and you get thrown out of it, you know, don't, don't go, oh, I must be terrible. Just go, okay, that, that wasn't the, the technique for me. Right. And that's very important. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had a fine living. Again, I'm not I'm not a millionaire or anything, but I'm making a living. I got a house in California, and that's, that's almost that's a million. saying a lot. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and if if you can expand on that a little bit, I think that's really relevant for your other point about exploration. Right? You were talking about you know exploring when you were in the theater and uh-huh. really liking the rehearsal process because of that exploration. Well, yeah, that's why, you know, improv, improv does that for you. Okay. Um, 
What I did uh, in Chicago was uh, I, I teamed up. Uh, I, I started doing comedy in clubs and whatnot, and I teamed up with a guy named Lou Schneider. He, uh, uh, as of late, he's working on uh, the Goldbergs, I believe. He's a producer okay. of Goldbergs, and he used to produce Everybody Loves Raymond and things like that. And uh, basically, every Sunday night, we worked with some guys. Uh, there's a couple of guys named Stephen Leo, uh, Steve Rudnick, and Leo Benvenuti. They wrote a, a little film called The Santa Claus. <laughs> another one called Space Jam for all the voiceover enthusiasts out there. Oh, my God. But these are the guys who I, you know, we were all just working for free and starting out and driving limos and waiting tables. But every Sunday night, we would go to this comedy club out in Elmhurst, Illinois called Who's On First? And we would do improvs every Sunday night. And we, I did that for five years. And that was improv class. I never took classes. I just did it in front of an audience. And that, ballsy, can I say? Ballsy. By air, it's brave. like brave. Everybody, this is brave. What we're hearing. That's well, brave. Well, if, if something worked, it was great. And if something didn't work, they throw a beer bottle at your head, and Holy <laughs> shit. you kind of go, "Okay, I'm not going to do that again." <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. So, so, I mean, I don't recommend everybody do it that way, but it was, it was good. And for I me. don't think, no, seriously, I don't think lots of people will. <laughs> They're terrified to come to online workouts. Are you kidding me? Exactly. It's so much fun to just kind of play and goof off and, and it shows them, oh my God, I can do that. Oh, geez. Right. I can, do that. I can you know, totally let loose. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and, and, and now that goes back into the voiceover training as well. I, I work with so many people who I'll ask them to try something and they'll go, oh, well, I didn't think I could do that because I'm behind a microphone or I didn't think I could do that because of the equipment or I didn't think. And, and Interesting. I always look people and go, look, man, you're just the actor. You know, I mean, what people have to realize is you're not the producer. You're not the director. You're not the writer. You're not the advertising agency or right. the producer whatever you're just the lowly actor so you know why why complicate this why why worry about stuff like that what i try to get across to people is you know it's not your job to make the advertising work or it's not your job to make this cartoon script you know work it's your job to here's a situation that you've been presented how would you react within this situation Exactly. Most of my teachings are all reality based, you know, choices and so on and so forth. So, so, you know, a lot of people will look at me and go, yeah, but I was thinking advertising wise, the audience would. And I'm like, yeah, no, there is no audience. Who, who cares about the audience? Don't worry about that stuff. All you got to do is do it, make a choice, do that choice, listen back to it. If you think it's believable, then chances are you're fine. Send it. And that's like a golden nugget because you know why they're thinking that. I know why they're thinking that. They're thinking that because they're thinking, well, the script breakdown takes you one place, but you also have to take into account who the product is, who their target audience is, their target demographic, and all this background stuff. But once you get in it, you got to let go of all of that. But see, here's here's where I disagree with a little of that, though. Okay. Uh, as far as the demographics and target audience and things like that. But people tell us that. We need to know that. Right. People right. do tell you that. And, and I'm, the guy I'm, who, to... I'm the guy who says, it's not important. Okay? Because here's what I learned in the casting game. And again, I've never been a casting director. But I've always, I've, I've been, I've done casting. 
And I've been a freelance director for various casting places throughout my career. And what, what the actor has to realize is you already fit the specs. We, we already called you in because of all that stuff that you just mentioned. Okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. Because we think, okay, you know, here's Rebecca. She's got the voice that we, we have in our head. Let's just let her come in and do her thing. So oh, yeah. if, if you, Rebecca, go in there and go, oh, my God, look, it says nurse and it says this and it says that. Okay, I've got to be all those things. Well, then you're being something other than what you really are. But we want you to come in and be you. I'll, I'll tell you a great, a great story. Please. Uh, Martha Mayakis is a woman out here who runs a, uh, a company now called Talk Shop. Okay, okay, I don't know if you've heard of them. And, uh, but she and I started directing together at the VoiceCaster. We, we were together there. And for, for years, what kind of revived my voiceover career was working at the VoiceCaster. Because when somebody wouldn't show up, sure. they would go, here, Bill, fill the space. Just get in there. Fill the space. That's right. But one time they actually called me in legitimately for something. And being the actor that I am, I, you know, I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. So I, so I thought, I'm going to try this this time. I'm going to try something. Okay? okay. And Martha is, she's just right to the point. Martha's one of these people who just tells it like it now, is. Is she your director at this point? She's in this? directing at that point. Yes. Okay. Just an actor at that point. And, and I'm doing my audition and she stops me in the middle of it. She just hits the button and she goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I go, well, you know, I'm doing this thing. She goes, yeah, don't, don't do that thing. I want you to do Bill. We called in Bill. Just be Bill. <laughs> I was like, I'm tired of being Bill. And she's like, no. <laughs> not here. You're not tired. We're paying you to be Bill. Damn it. Exactly. So I was like, okay, all right, I'll do it. So, so, I mean, you got to understand casting people and agents and people like that, they're in the business of selling. They're not necessarily in the business. And they want you to be the consistent product that you are. Exactly. Because their job depends on it. You know, so they're going to, they're going to, you know, you talk about branding and everything. They're going to brand you. (laughs) You don't worry about branding yourself because... They're going to, you know, you sound a certain way that they think you sound and they're going to, they're not going to call you in for a lot of different things. They're going to go, this is what Bill Holmes does. This is what we're going to bring him in for. Okay. In fact, I had that, I had that problem with my own agent out here in Los Angeles because, you know, I, I didn't feel I was working enough as we all feel. And, uh, so I, I called my agent, we had lunch and I said, look, man, what, you know, why am I, you know, I'm the guy that people come to all the time for advice. Why aren't I working as much as some of these other big time guys, you know? And, and basically one, I'm in a weird category. I'm the old guy now and there's not as much work for the old guy. I mean, when I was 25, I couldn't not get a job, you know? Uh, Secondly though, he said, everybody knows you too well. Like, what uh, the hell mean? I, I want people to know me well. He says, well, they, they have it in your head that you do this thing. And if you want to do other things, you've got to kind of give me that, that other mission that I can send out. You've got to reinvent yourself and come up. You need to be the older guy now because they see you as this young, smart alecky, funny guy. Right. Okay. Well, you put me next to somebody who's 25 years old. Like my son right now is 29 years old. 
Yeah. If you put my voice next to his voice, who's the young guy? He's the young guy. I'm the I'm the old guy trying to still be the young, hip, funny guy. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's and that's why my career has has kind of waned down some when it comes to the demographic of okay, in advertising, usually the best demographic to be in is eighteen to thirty-five. Right. Those people have disposable money that they can just buy things with. And they so, want to hear someone that's their so same they, age. They, yeah, their peers. They, they want to hear somebody in that demographic. So from the time I was 19 till about 42, I could still sound 25 to 30. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I'm 55 now. <laughs> I'm not, so you sound young to me. I'm still the young kid, you know. But And I don't sound like the old guy, you know. No. I still have a young sound, but I'm not the young guy. So, you know, there's, see, that's why I'm kind of in that weird yeah. in career. Because, yeah. again, I'm not the older 55-year-old guy who's like, you know, drive Chevy trucks because they're really tough trucks, you know. I'm not yeah. that guy. And and I'm not the young, hip, funny guy anymore. So so that's what my agent was trying to, to tell me. He's like, you got to find the niche that you're in right now. Because you don't sound young anymore, let's let's re rework you and push you in a different direction. And I was that's like, fabulous! Oh. Yeah, that's I was, fabulous! Oh. I just love it. I think it's fantastic. Okay. I think it's wonderful. It's a golden nugget for our listeners too, <laughs> I because hope. we have been talking to people about reinvention. That has been an issue, and I know that it is for everybody in their career. If it's a long-standing career, why am I talking like that? No. <laughs> But I'm liking it. Okay, you're right. <laughs> well, at this point, we're going to take another break. And we'll be back with Bill Holmes. Thanks for listening to Love That Voiceover. Lots of love to you. You sexy, beautiful, adorable person. Take care.